still under construction in the Article 7 podcast. Good morning. Uh, this is uh, Pastor Andy Jago recording on the road and uh, for the Article 7 podcast. What is this? This is the Captured Sermons and Other Sounds of the Ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. And I'm driving around Alexandria, Virginia as I speak and doing a little... Uh, journalism, I guess, uh, photographic journalism. I needed a couple extra pictures for this sermon series that we're doing called Under Construction. Uh, So it just so happens that there's a uh, site here just down the road from the church on Route 1, which is under construction. (laughs) And uh, uh, so we got, uh, it looks like a CVS or something that's going up here crossing the 7-Eleven on Lockheed and Route 1. So uh, if you see the graphic for the sermon for uh, one of the uh, one of the sites looks familiar. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, so in this podcast, pretty simple, straightforward, and uncomplicated. I hope uh, we're just going to do the uh, a little music from uh, worship this past Sunday, uh, which uh, includes some of the congregation's children uh, taking up a musical opportunity. Uh, there are several of these throughout the schedule for the summer, and then through. Uh, the year in the church as well. Uh, musical opportunities are open to congregational members who uh, want to contribute that and uh, uh, in the worship service. So there was actually a team, a group of people that did that this time, uh, and we were very blessed to, to have them uh, in our worship. Uh, so you'll hear them in, uh, next in this podcast, and then following that will be the uh, fourth sermon in this series under construction. We're reading through the book of Ephesians. One of the things we're getting ready for at Bethany is called The Story, and that series will begin uh, the week of September 13th, uh, trying to get in the habit of podcasting every week, uh, even if it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that we sometimes have, uh, so that uh, we can uh, keep that going each and every week. Uh, the Story uh, just goes through the Bible. And there's a simple teaching tool that I've been sharing with all of our teachers who are doing Sunday school and adult Bible study at Bethany, uh, which is given to us by Randy Frazee. He writes uh, the heart of the story, and he helped to write this curriculum as well. And uh, he uh, talks about the upper story, the lower story. And in the very beginning of his book, the heart of the story uh, gives us one big idea. Uh, which I think is is the main, the key for understanding what's called the upper story, and that big idea is that God wants to be with us, isn't that something? God wants to be with us, and then you trace that idea. You see how that works out. Well, he comes down to earth. He he works through human beings. He works through the people, places, and events of human history in order to bring that big idea about and make it a reality. Uh, ultimately, that's what we have in Revelation when, with heaven coming down to earth. So this is going to be quite a journey. I, I'm excited about turning our church into a great big learning community. We're all learning the same thing, talking about it, uh, expanding on it, sharpening our swords on each other, um, 
Yeah, hopefully not in a uh, 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 harmful way, but you know, uh, iron sharpens iron is a verse from Proverbs, which means that we help to sharpen each other, and that's what I hope happens as well. All right, so just a, that little bit of news is all we're going to get today, but we're going to get to the music, we're going to get to the sermon. Thanks for listening to me yak uh, here in the car, and uh, uh, Under Construction Part 4 coming right up.
may be seated. As promised in previous weeks, it is time to get to work. In Ephesians chapter 4, we're continuing our reading through the book of Ephesians, and I've been encouraging the congregation, you may bring your Bible with you, or you may turn here into our pew Bible, which is in front of you, uh, so that you may follow along beginning on page 977. We have seen the blueprints, dear Christian friends, and how to build a church. God's plan is to unite heaven and earth, and we are a part of that plan. We've laid the foundation, which is only Jesus Christ, and the foundation of the prophets and apostles, those who proclaimed Christ in both testaments of the Scripture. We have now also been praying for power, power to come into the church that the fullness of God may dwell in each of us. Paul puts that as a possibility and then praises God who could do more than we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. And now, dear friends, it is time to get to work and to start building this church, building this structure. The first point that we encounter here in chapter 4 is that the church is just one structure all the way around the world. The second point is that we build it by using the gifts that God gives us. And the last point is we build it by doing the work that God gives us to do. So let's begin. Verse 1, chapter 4. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I have verse 3 underlined in, in my Bible here. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Dear friends, the church is one. The church is one. That's a reality. That's a reality from the previous chapters that we have covered. Christ has died for our sins. Christ gives us the power of his resurrection in all things in this life. Because of that, you are baptized into Christ Jesus, and we are one. That's reality. We are one in all time and all eternity. There's a great multitude singing in front of the Lamb right now, and that's us. That's the church. It begins with the love of God, it goes to the love of God, and it continues with the love of God through all eternity. The church is one. But Paul also says it is time to work. We must also accept and embrace that reality, and that's why I highlight verse 3. Eager to maintain, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Now the word eager there a little weak, translated from the Greek, it mean, a word that means zealous, zeal, obsessed with, if you will. Really working toward the unity. The previous verse, right before that, verse 2, 
probably covers a lot of territory in the church. I could probably preach on that verse for a month. Don't worry, I'm not going to. <laughs> Maybe one of these days, not in this particular series, though. Bearing with one another in love. Now, we can talk for a good long time on what that looks like. There's a lot of things. We, we just bear with one another. Love does not point out, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, every little fault that another person has. There's certain things we just bear with it. Ask my wife. She's been bearing with me for 19 years now. <laughs> we just we bear with one another, accepting the fact that we're just a very different group of people, uh, each of us individually very different from one another, that God calls together in a church. We work that reality, that, that unity is a reality, but we also work toward it. Beginning at verse 7 now, Paul is addressing now how we build the church, getting into just real practical things. The first thing you need are the workers to put on the hard hats. And here we go. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Notice the gift language there. We never leave the gift language. Everything is given to us as a gift from God's Spirit. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Very loose translation there of the psalm. Paul kind of using some biblical words, but then pushing them a little bit from the psalms and saying, and giving gifts to men. And then saying, he ascended, what does it mean? But then he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he may fill all things. Just, we're not going to dwell on those verses. They're very weird, unusual. But I think Paul is here making the point that Christ sits at the right hand of God. That's reclaiming some of that Apostles' Creed faith that, or proclaiming some of that Apostles' Creed faith that we also proclaim nearly every Sunday here at Bethany as well. He also descended. Now, the, part of the creed is he descended into hell. That's that great victory lap, which we only hear about in 1 Peter. But all, it, it hints of it elsewhere in Scripture as well. Paul, I don't think, is dwelling on that. He, also may, he may be here pointing to what was there in the first chapter of his book. And just to bring that to mind, his plan is to unite all things on earth and all things in heaven. So I think Paul is referring to Christ coming down to earth to dwell among people, to experience all of our suffering, to experience all of our pain, all of our anger, all hunger, and yet not sinning while he is here. Christ coming down to earth, this is part of God's plan to unite things on earth with things in heaven. And we are a part of that plan. Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. We're going to see that expression, the building up, over and over. Apostles, prophets, evangelists. So apostles and prophets are together. And we saw them in the two chapters ago. That's the foundation. The foundation of the church. That's when Christ was here on this earth and all the events that led up to the coming of God, 
coming down to this earth, proclaimed in the apostles and the prophets. And then from that foundation, we have evangelists, those who go out and share the euangelion, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection, and the heart set free. Evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers. I like how those are actually pastors. You, you can't separate the two. They're connected by one article. The, 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 the shepherds and teachers, they're connected together, just like apostles and prophets. You can't have preaching without teaching. You can't have shepherding and care of the congregation without instruction also and encouragement from the Word of God. Pastors and teachers together there. You see that, I think, in our church as well. Why did God do all this? Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. We're not just supposed to stay where we are. Yes, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, but your faith does not stop at baptism. And I think that's the mistake that many people make. We're to continue. We're to continue to challenge ourselves. We're to continue to grow. Not just stop at baptism. We've got to be built up. Continue to build the church. Now we're talking about church as in worldwide church. You know, people who are meeting in, in farm fields who are meeting in, in structures like this, but all over the world. But we are one. And it doesn't, the faith doesn't, that's, that gets, a, that, uh, what, yes, I think many of us are just content to say, okay, Christ died for my sins, I'm in heaven right now, I don't need to do anything more. And I think miss out then on the life, the abundant life that God wants to give each and every one of us by striving for unity and by using all the gifts. Not all of us have all these gifts. Some of us are great at going out and talking and greeting visitors as they come in. Some of us are wonderful at reading the Bible every day and, and giving some instruction from that. We don't have, some of us are great at administration. All the other gifts that comprise Bethany Lutheran Church. And there are many that are here. It's one of the exciting things about, about being in this church is all the wonderful people that you encounter doing all these things. But we are to use these gifts to build, not just for me personally, so I could be a, a, a great pastor, get my doctorate at some point, and teach in some seminary, right? No. God says I'm to use these gifts for the building up of this church. And you are as well. For the building up of Bethany. Until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. We are all maturing. All of us are at different stages in our faith journey, in our life. Just like when we grow, we grow from infant to school age to, to college and then mature uh, manhood or womanhood girls. <laughs> you know, you, we're growing. We're meant to grow. And our goal 
here, Paul says, is that we are to help one another grow. Not just be concerned about ourselves, but to use what God has given us, all of our life experience, all the gifts we have, to help us grow together. To grow together in the faith. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Not that it's a bad thing to be a kid. <laughs> we, all, we all strive for, even as adults, you know, a little, to, be a, you know, to have a little fun every day. You know, to have that childlike innocence. To, one of the wonderful things about having kids is to be able to look at the world through their eyes. And that's wonderful. But dear friends, we are not supposed to stay at a, at a certain level. We are to grow in our faith. Just as our bodies are maturing and growing, we are to grow in our faith as well. By speaking the truth, verse 15, in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body is joined and held together with every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Oh, where? There's that word again. Builds. This is actually where I got the whole idea for the sermon series is this chapter. We're, we're building, we're working together. We're not just saying back, hey, everything is okay. Which it is. When you have joy in your heart that Christ has set you free, yes, I mean, everything is wonderful. But it's meant the gifts of God that are given to us at this altar and at that lectern and in the pulpit, when the word comes out to each and every one of us, it's supposed to flow. It's supposed to go out. We look, need to look for those opportunities of love and mercy and teaching one another, being in fellowship with one another, getting this word out to the streets of Alexandria, all those things. It's meant to flow out from this church, out from our lives. And now Paul says, not only are we to be working with the gifts that God has given us, but also, remember that, that chapter 2 where he says, you were created in Christ Jesus for good works. Well, now he's going to get specific. Here's some good works that we are to be about. This is what we look like out in the world. Now this I say and I testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. There's a phrase for you. Same was said of Pharaoh, why he wouldn't let the people go. Hardness of heart. Dear friends, do you know people who are hard in heart? little stubborn, little hard-hearted. Not easily do they give love, concern, and mercy. Paul's saying that that shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be me. Because our hearts have been set free. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. What he's talking about here is, you know, those things in life that may give you temporary pleasure, but people use that to fill their soul. Those are things that maybe God has in the created world for us to enjoy, certainly. But they're not God. 
They're not the same thing. They won't fill you up. They won't satisfy. Only one is the way, the truth, and the life. Only one life can truly satisfy, and we find that in Jesus Christ. Paul writes, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So beginning back in verse 17, we've, we've gone from you know, being built up as the church Now, what about you individually? What does your life look like in the world? Among other, your co-workers, among your schoolmates, among the people you talk with and associate with. How are you different? Verse 20. Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Verse 26. Be angry, And do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. I wonder if there's a reason why Paul is singling out that particular sin. (laughs) Out of all the ones that he could have chosen. Just speculation. Maybe anger was one of the things that he struggled with. And angry words being poured out all the time. Dear friends, that's one of the things that we grow into. How we can be more mature in our faith. When you are grabbed by the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you recognize when you're giving these short, sharp words, when you start to tear people down instead of build them up as we were meant to. And you ask God, Lord, I want to do better. And you read Paul's practical advice about not letting the anger go down. My parents explained to me When I was a child, that's why they stayed up late at night sometimes. (laughs) We're sorry, son. We know you have to endure all that, but we we don't want there to be the last words. If, if God forbid, those are the last words we speak to one another, we don't want them to be angry words. Good practical advice. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Okay, we're singling out another one. Doing honest work with his own hands. So we go from speaking and then your hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk, so here's speaking again, come out of your mouths, but only such as good for, here it is again, building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and all wrath and all anger and all clamor and all slander be put away from you, along with all malice, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We end the chapter on those words. Because that is God's exemplary love that he has shown to every one of us. This 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 is why it looks different among us, dear brothers and sisters, than anywhere else in the world. Can other people show kindness? Yes. But why do we forgive? Why do we show mercy and love and grace? Why, do we, why are we propelled into this life, building each other up in this church, 
working this way out in the world, it's because it is fueled by the, because we are covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that. We understand that. The Holy Spirit affirms that in our heart, and that is what we draw on. If we just draw on ourselves and, oh, this is just a good thing to do, we'll wear out, we'll burn out, those works will eventually stop, we will stop being built up. But dear Christian friends, we are not going to stop building. When we are powered by the love of God and by this kind of forgiveness, this is going to be built from earth to heaven until the day our Savior comes and unites the two. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus. Amen.